0: Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God... Command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours." Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And growing up, staying at a motel or a hotel with my parents and my brothers was something rare, meaning it rarely happened. My father, it seems, did not have a high regard for vacations. Oh, well, sure, we visited relatives, uncles, aunts, cousins, grandparents, but you hardly had to cross the state line to do that. And when we did, we'd only stay a night to at the most. Just so we're on the same page, my brothers and I came to define a vacation as spending four or more nights in a row out of town. But leaving middle Georgia and going to see the Grand Canyon or to visit Yellowstone National Park with four boys in the back seat of the car, are you kidding? <laughs> this may be why I take an interest in the stories in Scripture which talk about traveling and taking a journey. I can imagine all kinds of adventures my brothers and I could have experienced. Imagine saying a wandering Arab man was my ancestor. How cool would that be? Always on the move, always seeing and doing something new. Our reading from Deuteronomy today talks about journey. Talks about people making a journey down into Egypt where they held bondage, freed from Egypt, wandering in the wilderness, and then they enter the land promised to them by God. Of course, 40 is a number that we all are familiar with. As the Israelites wandered in the wilderness 40 years to prepare themselves to enter the land, promised to them by God. Jesus today, as we just read, spends 40 times forty days rather, in the wilderness himself. A time of testing, a time to prepare himself for his public ministry. And so whether it's 40 years or 40 days, the time in the wilderness is a time of trial and testing. We began a 40-day journey of sorts this past Ash Wednesday as we practice the Lenten disciplines of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, including acts of charity and mercy, our own personal comfort zones themselves may be stretched. And we may find ourselves, just as Jesus found himself at the end of 40 days, very, very hungry. Our 40 days of Lent, then, are a time not only to cleanse our heart and prepare for the Easter feast, but also for us to renew and restore the vision to which we are called. Namely, to see this place, this time, and this life as something we are passing through as we journey to the home God has prepared for us, our promised land. Like the Israelites then, we too are to be a pilgrim people. Our Lenten disciplines draw out of us to become givers and not takers, to become practitioners of love, forgiveness, compassion, and mercy, and who doesn't need a little mercy now and then? Even though the biblical number 40 means a long time, it is in the wilderness part of our journey that we must give our attention today. For it is in the wilderness, in the wilderness times of our own lives, When we will bump into temptation. And so we might need to begin by saying something about temptation. Real temptation beckons us with the idea that some good will come. That is to say, real temptation is couched in words which will offer someone the occasion to succeed, not to fail. You might recall the tempter in the garden didn't, didn't say to Eve, Do You want to be like the devil? No. You want to be as God. There's nothing of X rated sins here. No self respecting devil would approach a person with offers of personal and social ruin. The offers will be of success and pleasures beyond imagining. So then our temptation times are those times when we want to succeed, when we want to improve our situation in life, and when we want power and pleasure. I hope you're paying attention. Did you notice the refrain? We want, we want, we want. You're right. Temptation is all about me. By the way, spending too much time with this all about me establishes roadblocks in our journey. Thus, temptation will come not in grand cosmic terms, but in very personal and very specific ways. And usually, it isn't trial by fire that most of us will encounter. No, it will be a trial in the wilderness of weary sameness. Every day like the next. A trial of daily grind and monotony. So then when temptation comes, it's not a test of nerve, but rather a test of patience, perseverance, and obedience. In short, temptations come when we feel we are alone and very desperate. We must not underestimate the danger of such temptations. Satan is no fool. Satan has uh, tactfully taken our measure. Yes, our temptations may be made wildly attractive and exciting Tailor made for each one of us. After all, our temptations come when we feel we have in some way been neglected. And who hasn't felt neglected at one time or another? And so our choices can become very selfish and self serving even during Lent. Our wilderness times come upon us when we're worn down, when we're exhausted, when we feel like we're hemmed in on all sides, when there's no one in our corner cheering us on, when we're beaten down. Our temptations now appear enticing. We now desire in a perverse way that which we are tempted by. And so, what we say we will never do, we end up doing. We are hungry. We're mentally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. We are vulnerable. Why resist? Why not give in? Big deal. Turn these stones into bread, for goodness sakes. And so the tempter says to Jesus, in effect, if you want people to follow you, use your miraculous powers to give them material things. Back comes Jesus' answer with a quotation from Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone meaning our deepest hunger is a spiritual hunger, a hunger for God's voice. However, as a culture, we have sought to find life in the material. For this particular search always ends in disappointment, frustration, and heartache. Not surprisingly, then, we are constantly seeking after some new thing. Some new toy, something that's going to make everything better for us. In seeking life in things, it becomes very easy to take the next step to begin to see persons as things, as stones to be changed and then consumed to satisfy any manner of hunger we might be experiencing. Here the evil one leads us into the world of the consummate consumer. We may even argue positive ends justify destructive means. And in in the end, every time, we find this way to be not the way of life, but the way of destruction and despair. We have listened to the voices of this age, take for yourself, grab what you can, and so it is we who turn people into objects, it is we who degrade humanity, and yet whispering all along in the background is the Holy Spirit calling us to be transformed into a new creation. But this invitation seems to be drowned out by the shouting of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now the devil showed Jesus in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Says to him, to you, I will give their glory and authority for it has been given over to me and I will give it to anyone I please. If you will just worship me, it will all be yours. Here the tempter is telling Jesus, you want power? I can give you power. All you have to do is compromise yourself, give up your integrity, and worship me. Sometimes in our anxiousness to get on with our lives, to succeed, we listen to other voices which talk of an easier way. Here one may be visualizing the devil saying, you know, we can do this the hard way or we can do this the easy way. And why not, we ask ourselves. Easy sounds good. Nobody deserves a break more than me. We see the award. We see the recognition. We hear the applause. But we don't want to extend the effort. And you know what? Every time, we settle for something less. Set your sights on what gives meaning and purpose to life. As we say, make a short list. And Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and him only serve. It is in our worship of the Lord our God and in serving that we are fulfilled. We are to seek not just to be disciples of Christ, but faithful disciples. Then comes the most subtle temptation of all, the temptation to remove all doubt. The tempter takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for God will command his angels to protect you. Couched in the conditional if, the tempter by sensationalism seeks to have Jesus prove once and for all who he is. The problem here is, each and every generation would have Jesus jumping from a higher pinnacle than before. Sensationalism may impress, but it does not convert the heart. Many times in life and challenge to prove ourselves comes in the form of a dare, just like we were a kid. And like a child we respond, ready or not, here I come. Jesus grounds his response to this subtle temptation not with disobedience of, well, I'll show you, but with patience and obedience. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Our wilderness times corresponds to Jesus' time in the wilderness, times when we are exhausted, unfulfilled, and powerless. It's interesting that Jesus responds to the temptations by reminding the tempter that God alone is worthy of our worship and service. After each quotation of scripture that Jesus speaks, notice there's no rebuttal. The devil's not trying to get the last word, Jesus has the last word. There's no rebuttal, there's no argument, there's no discussion. God alone is our refuge and our stronghold in times of trial. And yet we have not mentioned a crucial, crucial part of this story. Jesus is full of God's Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that leads him in the wilderness. And we thought he had been abandoned to struggle alone. As we begin our Lenten journey, Let us not forget our wilderness times are not times of abandonment by God. The Holy Spirit travels with us. And though the journey at times may be uncomfortable and we find ourselves, just like Jesus, hungry, we must remember in times of trial by God's Holy Spirit, our bodies are fed the word of God. Our hearts are fed the love of God, and our souls are fed the peace of God. Amen.